Good morning, family. Thank you for joining me today. For the next few weeks, I'd like us to think about politics. Here in the States, we're preparing for a presidential election, and we need to wrestle with some important themes over the next few weeks. To help us, I've enlisted the help of a man named Elisha. He was an Old Testament prophet in Israel. He was forced to think politically in his day because he was a man of God who lived in the world of kings. We find Elisha in the Old Testament book of 2 Kings. Now, one of the themes of 2 Kings is remember who you are. That's critically important for those of us who are being shaped and formed by Jesus, particularly in an election year. Remember who you are. The prophet Elisha lived in a time of political instability, racial tension, economic volatility, and religious uncertainty. Sound familiar? Well, this morning, Elisha will help a man named Naaman. Naaman was commander of the Syrian army, not the Israelite army, okay? So he was an outsider, and he had leprosy. He was doomed until a Jewish servant girl suggested that he consult with Elisha. So he did. Let me read to you from 2 Kings chapter 5. Hear the word of the Lord. Naaman arrived with his horses and chariots. He stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent out a messenger who said, Go and wash seven times in the Jordan River then your skin will be restored and become clean. But Naaman went away in anger. He said, I thought for sure he'd come out, stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the bad spot and cure the skin disease. Aren't the rivers in Damascus better than all Israel's waters? Couldn't I wash in them and get clean? So he turned away and proceeded to leave in anger. Naaman's servants came up to him and spoke to him. Our father, if the prophet had told you to do something difficult, wouldn't you have done it? All he said to you was, wash and become clean. So Naaman went down and bathed in the Jordan seven times, just as the man of God had said. His skin was restored like that of a young boy, and he became clean. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When we're first introduced to Naaman, we're told that he was a great man. The Hebrew word is gadol. Gadol is the key word in a famous Bible story, the story of Jonah and the great fish. Remember that one? In Jonah... Everything was great, or gadol. The city of Nineveh was great. The fish was great. The storm was great. The sailors experienced great fear. There's great anger and great gladness. Ultimately, the story of Jonah is the story of a great God. The reason I mention all of this is because God sent Jonah to the city of Nineveh, the capital of Assyria. And if you know the story, you'll remember that Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh because the Assyrians were enemies 
the Jews hated the Assyrians. So this morning, we meet General Naaman, a great man, a commander of the Syrian army, an enemy of Israel, and God healed the enemy of the Jews. You see, God doesn't just bless the good guys. What if God blesses anyone he feels like blessing? Can God bless Democrats? Can God bless Republicans? What if God wanted to bless libertarians or socialists or even communists? How does that make you feel? That's exactly what we encounter in the story of the great General Naaman. Naaman was a success with power and influence. He lived a charmed life until he came down with leprosy. He could repel attacks from the outside, but not from within. But someone interrupted the story. Not a great warrior, but a small girl, a Jewish slave girl. She was as small as Naaman was great. The Hebrew word here is katan. It means least or littlest. She was powerless, but not silent. She suggested that Naaman go see Elisha to be healed. So Naaman loaded up his horses with gifts and treasures to pay Elisha the prophet. And off he rode until he made it to Elisha's front door. Elisha refused to accept any of the gold or silver or other gifts Naaman brought. Elisha didn't even see Naaman. Instead, the prophet sent a message, wash seven times in the Jordan River. Now, please make sure you see this. Naaman thought a cure had to be bought, that a cure came through gyrations and incantations. So he brought money and treasure, but Elisha refused. In fact, Elisha wouldn't even meet Naaman, and there were no incantations or magical spells, just a simple instruction, wash seven times in the Jordan River. Naaman scoffed at the news. That's not the way to be cured. There has to be a monetary transaction and wild gesticulations. But God was up to something. Elisha knew it. Naaman did not. The servant girl sensed it. Naaman did not. Have you ever noticed that the humble seem to be on God's frequency, while the great, and the mighty, and the powerful are not? When Naaman humbled himself and did things God's way, he was healed. The miracle came when the great Naaman paid attention to the words of servants and prophets. The strong man had to let go of his pride and listen to the voices of the weak. Listen, God's ways are not the ways of man. Conversely, man's ways are not the ways of God. God's ways are not the ways of man. Man's ways are not the ways of God. Of all the lepers in the land of Israel, why did God heal an enemy, a Syrian? Did the Jewish lepers deserve healing any more or any less than Naaman? We must be extremely careful about thinking that we are more deserving than anyone else. God has the right to heal anyone he pleases. We believe that he is sovereign, that he can do whatever he wants. 
Now, God's healing of the Syrian general was a judgment against Israel, because Israel, God's chosen people, chose to ignore God. If you go back and reread the story, you'll discover that Naaman went to the king of Israel first, and it never dawned on the king to send Naaman to Elisha, the prophet of God. Why? Because God was not on the king's mind. Both the king and Israel had lost their faith in God. Now, Naaman's healing was not a result of his faith. Naaman was an enemy of Israel and an enemy of Israel's God. But with the help of the servants, the least and the littlest, who were on God's wavelength, he was miraculously healed. And sometimes that's all it takes. Please understand that there's no story here without the little people. The great and mighty was healed by the power of God and the intervention of the lowest and the least and the humblest. So, politics. As we approach this election, is there anything for us to learn? We live in a gadol, a great country. We love this country. We cherish our freedom and our wonderful diversity. But is there something the great can learn from the small? Is there something the mighty can learn from the weak? Is there something the privileged can learn from the poor. We are a mighty country. But do we need to listen to anyone else in the world? Or do we have all the answers? Past performance suggests that our greatness often goes to our heads, right? We act as if our greatness entitles us to make our own rules while ignoring the rest of the world. We are so often obsessed with ourselves that we only make decisions that benefit us or the privileged, with no consideration of the needy. Are we so gadol that we no longer see ourselves as part of a community of nations? What might happen if we listened to the katan, the littlest and the least? Could we, like great Naaman, be healed? What would we learn if we humbled ourselves and seriously considered what the poor, oppressed, and voiceless have to say? What could the mighty learn if we risked such questions? What could the church learn if it listened to the voiceless and vulnerable? What could Christians learn if they listened to the poor and powerless? Naaman would not have been healed if he had not listened to his slave and servants. Millions of the world's people must feel that our country treats them like servants, sewing our clothes, drilling our oil, harvesting our food, stitching our sneakers, and falling in line whenever we call. We are a great nation, but our overconsumption of the world's resources is a sign of sickness rather than health. And our military strength has not made us safe or secure. What would happen if the great 
listen to the small instead of thinking they know better. The world would be healthier, and the country would be healthier, and the church would be healthier if we humbled ourselves and gave dignity and value to the least and littlest. Naaman was a great warrior, but all his resources could not restore him to health. Our resources won't save us either. Leprosy would have killed Naaman if he hadn't listened to the poor and powerless. We who love and follow Jesus are called to humble ourselves and care for the poor and powerless, and we are called to listen to and to live like the one who humbled himself, set aside his power, and became the servant of all. Let's pray. Good and gentle God, we are beginning to learn that this is a fragile world that you've placed into our care. Help us to think and act rightly. Help us to remember who we are. There are also times, Lord, when we are reminded of our human frailty, and we need your care through times of anxiety and illness. Touch us, Lord, with healing hands and words that we might walk and work together through this temporary darkness and into your glorious light. Now, using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks again for joining me. By the way, you have two jobs this week. One, remember who you are. And two, love at least three people. And make sure at least one of them is someone who is overlooked and powerless. Okay? Everyone needs to know that God loves them no matter what, right? Don't let these challenging days rob you of your joy. With Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now receive these words of benediction. The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen 